I think the best uh, person to present uh, Chris is Chris, but I will say that uh, Chris is known to be one of the best uh, life coach. He works with many uh, known individuals in the business world and also uh, for other inspirational people like Louis House and so on. I think uh, then there are two books that you wrote, right? Yes. There are two books, and you pretty much speak in anything that matters. Every conference related to business, money, conferences around motivation, you're going to be there. Uh, you're always going to be the main guest, and uh, we're honored to have you over here, so thank you for coming. And, uh, I think it's good if you kind of like tell a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, it's a blessing to be here. Every opportunity I have to make a difference and to share wisdom because I believe that wisdom is to be shared. It's not mine. So I'm just sharing with what was given to me and I'm paying it forward. And uh, so to be able to be part of this platform is amazing. And I'm 57 years old and look 27 <laughs> and feel 27. And, uh, you know, 34 years ago, I'm from San Juan, Puerto Rico. So I'm Boricua, any Latinos listening. But I'm a, I'm a Jew, Russian Jew immigrant to Puerto Rico. It's a, it's a crazy mix. Awesome. But my family is Russian Jewish. And I was born in New York and Long Island. And then from Long Island, we moved to Puerto Rico when I was a year. In Puerto Rico, when I was six, my dad gets arrested, gets sent to jail, and he never comes back. So there we are with my mom, five kids in a you know house that we had to give up and move from a mansion, what appeared to be a mansion, right, to a three-room apartment with five kids and my mom sleeping on the couch. So talk about drastic change at, at six years old. And I grew up in Puerto Rico. And uh, Puerto Rico opened, you know, its arms to my family and really took us in and took care of us. And then when I was 10, my mom remarried. And then we moved to the suburbs and then went to all the American schools. But it was when I was 22 that I participated in a transformational seminar where I was able to learn the tools of emotional intelligence and mindfulness. And I decided to, that I found my calling, my purpose which is to share tools and to use my energy and my life and my pain and turn it into purpose to make a difference. And that has brought me all over the world. That has allowed me to do the work that I've been doing for 34 years. And I feel, I feel blessed. I feel like I'm, I'm a participant of my life and a witness of my life because I know that my life really isn't mine. It's, I'm, I'm here for a moment. And I think we're all here for a moment. And what we do with that moment is up to us. So, yes, I love to transform people's lives, but also I love the party on yachts. So that's, yeah, that's we how met. we met. That's how we met. Yeah. Um, I have a question. What, what was the thing, like, way back in your 20s when you went to this first transformational seminar that made you, that resonated with you so much that it made you want to commit your life to that? Well, I, it was, I was studying psychology and communications. I have a, a degree in speech communications from Northeastern University in Boston. And while I was in college, there was, uh, in one of my psychology classes, there was a group of people going to this workshop, and it inspired me to go. And so it was in the workshop that I learned something that was just mind-blowing, which was I don't need to be defined by my circumstances or my past, mm -hmm. that I could create my own definitions because I was born into a box called, I'm a boy, and my name is this, and this is the religion, and this is the culture, and the, the, all these labels. 
And then growing up, I had more labels thrown at me because I was bullied, right? And I think a lot of us have been either the bully or the bullied. And so I was bullied and then, then became the bully. So I, was, I, I thought that how I, I was destined to live my entire life being who I've always been. And in this workshop, I learned that an important quote, which is, in the moment I interpret, I become that interpretation. So when I interpret myself as stupid or I interpret myself as lazy or I interpret myself as disgusting or and all the negative stuff that we place on ourselves, you become that. And I learned that responsibility, the true definition of responsibility, isn't the tagline bumper sticker. If it's to be, it's up to me. We already knew that. But responsibility means I have the power to interpret myself and the world however I choose. And that led to me reading about Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Jewish doctor who was taken into a concentration camp, everything he owned seized, family murdered, and it was in a concentration camp that he found freedom. And one of his quotes that has become something that I've lived my life from the moment that I learned about it is between stimulus and response lies your destiny. And we don't have control over a lot of the stimulus. Like when I look at my past and my dad leaving and bullied and abuse and all the stuff that happened, all that stimulus. But my response to all of that is what's determined my joy or my misery. And so that's what happened for me in the workshop. And that led to, wow, I want other, I mean, people need to hear this. That's powerful. Yeah. That's between, very powerful. I mean, think about Will Smith, right? Between stimulus and response lies destiny. So stimulus, Chris Rock saying your wife, da, 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 da. Response, Will Smith jumping on the biggest stage in the world and slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. Outcome, it completely sabotaged Will Smith's entire career and all the good he had, been, he had done. And so my point here is we are all, and we've all been Will Smith, where we, where we lose it. Someone does something and we think, okay, well, that's the reason why I'm going to, you know, react, cause effect. And it's not always, it's not always an aggressive reaction either. It could be a, you're depressed, you give up on something, right. you, you break up with somebody, you kill a business idea because of all these external you things. You quit, you yeah. bail, yeah. You, you leave a friendship, yeah. you move from a country. In other words, you make decisions that are fear-based. And when you make decisions that are fear-based, then that's the outcome that you're going to have. And so I learned to take, to pause. So when something happens, like, you know, somebody cuts me off, flips me the bird, I take a breath and I go, okay, what's the response I'm going to give this that lines up with my purpose, which is love. And I think that that's all of our purposes on earth is to live from a loving place and create love and give love and, and be unconditionally loving. And a lot of people might be thinking, wow, what does love have to do with business? Everything. If you show up loving and kind and generous in your business and you are interested in your client and seeing how you could serve the client, that client's going to go with you versus someone who just has a great product and is a jerk. I think when it comes down to business, uh, it's, it's on point what you just said. I think in order for you to, and you, you mentioned you have to be able to be a salesperson. You have to sell your product uh, if you're a CEO. Mm-hmm. And if you love your product, if you believe in your product, first you have to believe yourself that that product is good. Uh, entrepreneurs are optimists by default. And that needs to resonate first on their employees, then goes to the consumer. 
the, that those are the three steps, and you have to love what you do. If you love what you do, then you actually tell them, look, this is the journey we're taking. I love what I'm doing. You, you give them that motivation, and everyone goes together you're using that path that you pay, pay for them, but you have to believe that this is the path. And then not just about the product. So love is everything. You have to wake up on Monday, and this is the best day of the week, not Friday, and it's all about that. Well, that's the, and that's the second thing. And, and so responsibility is the first thing that led me to the career that I have is taking responsibility for my energy and my joy and, my, and the love in my heart and for choosing empowering interpretations. Victor Frankl found freedom in a concentration camp. That's an insane story. I know that story. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's insane. Beautiful, beautiful It's story. beautiful. It's, it's like, the, and for those of you who don't know who Victor Frankl is or was, um, was actually, he, he is the author and the founder of Logotherapy, which is the therapy of interpretations. It's choosing empowering interpretations, cause effect. You know, I could, I have the choice over how to respond to things that happen. And it's, I don't know if you've all seen the movie Life is Beautiful. I didn't want to watch that. It's hard for me to watch. Yeah, well, I, I, I understand, as, but it's actually a beautiful movie. And basically, he inspired his son to see everything like a game and to see everything in a positive light. And so at the end of the, you know, I'm not going to give the movie away, but it's a beautiful ending. But anyway, it comes down to interpretation. And the second thing uh, is gratitude. I learned about gratitude, and I used to be the most, and a lot of us are this way, the most ungrateful person in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, life owed me something. And I, I showed up in the world like, you owe me, and I was wronged. And when I shifted this negativity into gratitude and realizing that I am, I'm a billionaire already because I'm breathing and I'm alive and I'm awake, and like you just said, I wake up every day. The first thing I do is I go, thank you, God, for giving me a new day. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful. And I see life through gratitude. And, of course, when you're grateful in the universe, the universe gives you more to be grateful for. So, Chris, when you talk to founders and you coach many of them, is there kind of like a transformation that you see where you say, well, that person, I, I can see it right away where he's, he's a – He's going to make it or not. If you go to smaller companies, right, the ones that are kind of like early stage, is there something that identify the, the one that succeed that makes it versus the ones that you don't see it in them? Well, as a coach and someone who steps into your universe, I bring the tools that I've been using for so many years to read people. So I'm able to read people. Like I could, I, I read people and, and I see people right away. And I don't look at it like whether they're going to make it or not. I look at it with from the from the business standpoint of what are the assets, mm -hmm. what are the liabilities, and are there people with more liabilities than others? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Are there people with more assets than others? Yes. But the, what determines whether someone's going to make it or not is, A, how committed they are to confronting their liabilities, how committed they are to developing their assets, how coachable they are. What are the worst liabilities you've seen in a person? Being right. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the deadliest one, being right. Because when you're right, there's no growth. When you're right, it's you're you're saying that the way you see it is the way it is. Block yourself from 
information. No, and then someone, I mean, we see it in our leaders. I mean, the downfall of the biggest leaders in the world is being right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being right about my point of view, being right about my way. And some people are so arrogant that even though they know they, that they're wrong, they'll still go down with the ship that they're right. I want to so, ask you, because I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't disagree with you, but I want to I look at it from the lens of a founder who has to have the courage to even take the first step. So you have to have a little bit of arrogance when you build something for yourself. Not complete arrogance, but I mean, it's you can't be thinking like, I don't know anything because I feel like you'll always be no, you'll but don't have don't don't, don't, hear, don't hear that you need to say you're wrong. What I'm saying is yes, of course you got to stand on your confidence. Of course you got to be an ex, you know what if you're if you're providing a service or you're providing a product. You got like you just said earlier. You got to believe in it. You got to be all in on it. You got to be a hundred percent committed to it. What I'm saying is that if you're the captain of the ship and you're navigating that ship and you don't want to hear anybody else's input, you're going to drive that ship right into the iceberg and it's going to sink. So some people take the their confidence a little too far. Understood. Those yeah. are those are I guess the one that are looking for yes people that always praise Which them. Again, I, yeah, I agree hundred percent. That's, that's never uh, gonna be useful in yeah. a startup. They're yeah. looking for but someone to give them real leverage yeah. where they ask them, Hey, what do you think about this? If you keep telling me you I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm not interested in you. I need you to give me some different perspective. Not only that, but when it, people that want to be right, even when they get overwhelming feedback that they're not, they ignore it. And so these are people that, you know, surround them it's like an artist who hit their performance sucks. Like I've worked with a lot of famous artists who I had to be the bearer of bad news where I'm in the concert and I'm right. My favorite place in the concert, just so you know, the best place to see everything is where the lights are, right? The lighting booth. Cause the lighting booth is smack right, you know, further up from the center, center stage. And so you see the whole thing. And so I'm watching the concert from the performer's point of view, from the, person who bought the tickets point of view to the other performers to the message the energy and these artists are surrounded a lot of them are surrounded by people that are like oh my god you killed it you crushed it you're amazing you're the best and meanwhile they made maybe 25 different mistakes that is detrimental to what they're up to and so i've worked with artists who are like oh my god yeah bring it on like bring it on bring the feedback on I'm, i have a pen and paper let's go and I've had artists be insulted and how dare you and I'm so-and-so. And look, being right only limits you because where does being right come from? It comes from... You optimized everything. Everything was working right. And that means you can't optimize it anymore. You can't do any better than what it right. is. You are eating the ceiling. Yes. And, I, and look, I, I, it's, I'll give you myself as an example. I'm an expert at what I do. I know what I do, but I'm, I'm so open to feedback and I'm so open to, and I'll hear feedback from people that, that, you know, like even from a, a 12 year old student, I'll do, I do teenage workshops as well. And a 12 year old will say, Hey, Chris, I think you could do this better. Thank you so much. What a blessing. Thank you for sharing that with me. Don't ever hold back what you feel. And I could just see tears in that 12-year-old's eyes like, oh, my God, I made a difference for him. Yeah. Because it's it takes humility to be successful. It takes being willing not to be right. If I was right, I'm like, what am I going to listen to you? So I think that that's answering your it's question. Sense. That's one of the most detrimental. It's not. There's many other things, but that's one of the most detrimental things. I want to move to your book. 
okay, transformation, uh, trans transform your life, 10 principles of abundance and prosperity, okay? And you start with the first rule, which is outflowing, uh, giving. Um, and we discussed this. I think um, the point is when you start a business, it's very hard to think about giving. Uh, and I can tell you from my experience, I'm sure Scott can relate. Now at our point in life, right, this podcast is kind of like the example of, yeah. of we are giving knowledge yeah, of yeah, us of and others. This is all, we're not selling any course over here. We're not making, no, this is, right, right, uh, right, this right. is taking time out of yeah. your life. Too, yeah, to absolutely. Sure is. Yeah. But when you start a business, this is not what you think about, right? You have nothing to give other than your time and you don't have time to give because you, you don't have the knowledge to contribute. You just started. You don't have the money to probably give because you don't have it. So all you have is time if you're going to go and allocate that. So is there a time frame where you said, okay, look, this is when you start giving. It's get, th That was the first rule out of 10. And I, by the way, I think everything makes absolutely sense when you go through all the rules. I just wanted to know if it's chronological or how would you uh, like talk about that? Well, you know how Eskimos have like 90 words to describe snow? Because okay. they're in I had no the idea. snow. Right. Uh, so an Eskimo has like, we just call it snow or slush, okay. you know, or whatever. But Eskimos live in the snow and they have 90 different variations of, of snow. Okay. The same thing goes for giving. Okay. Giving in terms of how you see it, that's, that's true. Because you're seeing it as a commodity. You're seeing it as giving them whether it's product or giving them uh, a certain type of service or giving something to the client. Mm -hmm. And so how I look at it, giving is more of a mindset than an action. It's a giving mindset. It's a mindset of how can I make a difference through my platform? I don't need, my business doesn't need to be solid or taking off for me to have the mindset of how do I use what I do to make a difference, improve the world, to in contribute some way. To, into the world, yeah. to bring mm -hmm. joy. I could give love that doesn't cost money. I could give joy. So you're saying if I have a product, I can you say, can okay, that product ethically. is going to make it different. It's going to be a unique product. Or you're saying a side of my product that I'm about to sell. Um, use your, use your campaign to be focused on how you are going to make a difference in the world through your products. How, how what you're doing is going to elevate life. How I believe that companies with a purpose and a mission by far are way more successful than companies that just want to make money. That makes sense. And so, you know, when we started Outstanding Foods, and I've been there since ground zero, mindset and vision was more important than the actual product. And so we wanted to bring joy and love. And, and you should see our branding. Uh, check out outstandingfoods.com uh, or Outstanding Foods on Instagram. And you'll see that there's it's pink and it's purple and it's yellow and it's just a joyful positivity. And we sell, we sell plant-based snacks. But the whole, the whole model has been around giving. And that's how we are in with the employees. We're always we do mindset uh, zooms every month, every every week. There's a there's a meeting about giving and contribution. So it's more of the energy, and then of course we'll do giveaways, right? We'll do giveaways. We'll give discounts and all that. But that's that. I agree with you. That is once the company is solid and able to do that. But it's more of like what I'm referring to is more of an energy. 
because there are people that have no money and that live in, you know, in dire conditions, but they're the most generous people I know. Like I, mm-hmm. I have been, you know, I'll just give a, a quick you know, anecdote. I was with a client who was in his private jet and I'm not going to mention any names out of confidentiality, but he was with a, with a private jet in a private jet. We're flying from San Juan to New York and he was married to one of the most beautiful women on the planet, uh, about to have a baby. He had just made $40 million because he sold so many records and blah, blah, blah. And he was the most angry and sad and pissed off. And he was not a giver. He was like the poorest millionaire I ever met. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the mountains of Puerto Rico where there's waterfalls and the rainforest. And then there's a woman who lives in a shack house and no electricity, but there's always music and there's always positive energy. And it's just like the, it, it's the most generous environment to be in. To me, she's the richest woman on the planet because she doesn't need anything. Success is happiness, right? Yeah. So success is really about the energy that you, that you are living in. And don't get me wrong, I'm all about the 20 million and the happiness. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I want it all. Like, that's I'm, what you said, <laughs> <that> abundance <laughs> and prosperity. Yeah, that's but why it's called abundance and like, prosperity. If you talk about this mindset that you approach with your business, this is this is a tying you to a greater purpose than just revenue. And revenue, revenue will come eventually, but to get to even revenue milestones, you need a lot more than an initial motivation and, and that initial fire. So you do need something that's going to tie you to that long-term vision and that goal. And I think that's where you're getting... Yeah. From putting stuff out into the world that makes you feel good. Agreed. And and people nowadays there's so many options, right? So many products, so many options and so guess, many companies to work so for. So many companies and guess who people gravitate towards? Towards something they can relate to. So that's so that's the first sort of like the first and why did you choose that as the number one or the first? Because it's a law. What you put out comes back. So it's it's the law of attraction. Uh, the energy you put out, the the energy that you... It, it comes down to, to me, giving is generosity. Would that be more individual? Because everyone would think different. I think mine would have been integrity as the first one. Um well, there's it's kind of no, hard to decide what's you can't first. Stack, right? But there's no you order. Can't really, there's no real order, yes. No, I mean, yeah. look, the, the whole thing about the principles is to have them as your guidepost, you know, to have them as reminders. But they don't, it's not in order. Yeah. But to me, what's, what triggers prosperity is giving. I, I can tell you why, why I like this, okay? So I'm going to read them, okay? So it's outflowing, clean, uh, clearing, integrity, visualization, Affirmation, declaration. Uh, did you hear me? Am I sub- okay? Okay. Uh, persistence, surrendering, sourcing. Surround yourself with inspiring people. I can tell you that each and every one of them is critical, and I, I can absolutely see this as a Ten Commandments, which it's not by order. It is all important. It's kind of like in a if if you and the reason it's important to. Sorry about this. Is Florida weather? I <laughs> no, can't you said ten that. commandments. Yeah, someone's listening. Someone's someone listening. is listening. Okay, Moses then. is somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely, he's like he's right. So, so I like that because ultimately, when you when you have simple way to guide your path with certain uh, principles, it's easier for you to know uh, in a lieu of having a mentor next to you. You say, okay, I stick with those rules. That's how it started with the Hebrews and. Don't, do don't you, worry about do you know how, do you know, first of all, th- that book, which is a small book anyone could read, it's also a workbook. I mean, if you do the book, the book, the way it's designed, it's a workshop. Mm-hmm. I have gotten more feedback from that, about that book 
than anything else I've ever done. Like I get letters and emails and uh, Instagram direct messages from people from Israel, from Lebanon, from Latin America. It's in Spanish too. So I get it from all over the world, people saying how this specific principle changed my life or this, because when you provide people a guide, I can't coach everybody individually. It's not going to happen. And not everyone can afford my workshops or my coaching. But I saw the book as a way to give. And by the way, I don't make any money off the book. The book, the, the, the book, the actual book creation is a example of giving. All the money that book generates goes to St. Jude's. Mm-hmm. Directly. Beautiful. Like every week I write a check to St. Jude's, literally. Because the book, thank, thanks to the podcast uh, School of Greatness, not to promote another one with yours, but you know, I like I like him. He's yeah, a good, he's a good, he's a good podcast. Amazing, I'm a, we're, okay. we're big fans. We're big fans. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I've been on twenty five different times, in yeah. different episodes. Uh, the book came out of the podcast. Yeah. We did a podcast on abundance and prosperity, and then from there, the feedback was so overwhelming from people. Like literally, two hundred people were like, "Can you turn this into a book?" And that's where the book came from. Interesting. Which is why Lewis does the forward. Yeah. And by the way, we're big fans of Louis House. So if you guys don't know Louis House, go check him out. He's, he's a podcast OG. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, it's interesting because all the all the ones on here, first of all, I, I think they're all important. But the one that I think is not discussed enough is is clearing. And I think that that's something that everyone's going to agree that, oh, yeah, integrity is important. Oh, yeah, affirmations, declarations, persistence. These are all very important things. Mm-hmm. But clearing... It takes a special kind of look inside to understand when we have this negativity built up. And it's something that I don't even think I do a very good job of at all. So let's let's understand a little bit more about why that's so important, how to do it effectively, because all the other things are directly tied to business success. Clearing is as well, but clearing is probably the toughest for somebody to accept that they haven't done a good job of in their life. Yeah, so clearing is really about letting go. And sometimes we hoard, right? We hoard emotions, we hoard things, we hoard people, we accumulate limiting beliefs, we accumulate Mm -hmm. guilt, we accumulate resentment. And a lot of us are like walking time bombs because we don't clear. And that affects your effectiveness as as an athlete, as a performer, as a business owner, in every walk of life, if you're not in clear, like if I would th- imagine me right now, really mad, pissed off, guilty, f- I wouldn't have the energy that I have and the transparency. But that's that most I have. people. Most people go through their whole life like that. Exactly, which is why it's so important to learn this and to hear it and to. And I'm glad that you that you brought that out because to me that is one of the most. Like if you're going to ask me, what is one of the most important principles? I'd say clearing is. Because clearing gives you the opportunity to heal. And healing is so important. And a lot of people in their arrogance go, I have nothing to heal. Well, you know what? Take a look. You know, take a look at your health. Take a look at your body. Take a look at your relationships. Take a look at your finances. All of our results is feedback. Take a look at your emotional level, your level of patience. Take a look at how tired you are. Your body speaks to you. Your bank account speaks to you. Everything around you, your lack of tolerance speaks to you. Why do you think there's so much road rage? Road rage isn't about the guy who cut the guy off and you decide to go out with a baseball bat and smash you know, the other yeah. car. Road rage is that's the final straw that broke the camel's back. Why? Because it didn't clear. 
So like if I have, you know, in my refrigerator, clearing is the same thing as having vegetables in your refrigerator that are starting to create a, a farm culture, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever looked into your refrigerator and you're like, 100%. that lettuce has been there a little too long and there's like little people living in it? You know, before you know it, if you don't clear that food out, any rotten food, you'll have to throw the whole refrigerator out because it will smell to the point that it's unbearable. Same thing with us as human beings. Like we need to constantly clear. Yeah. And you know what, where I gravitate when I hear clear aside of understanding to clear negative thoughts from your head every morning, which it's natural and it's gonna, it's important to clear those. I think in clearing uh, is, is something that I'll bring back to the business world is where you grow some company and throughout the years you create all those rules that eventually needs to be revisited and you create all those walls and taboos or, oh, we learned that doesn't work, don't, don't do it again and so on. And eventually you create some process and procedures that are obsolete and, and slowing you down and it's time to kind of like be opened, like you said, to other ideas when someone new shows up and say, hey, why are we doing this? Why don't we do it like this? We used to do it somewhere else. Well, we don't do it over here. Well, why? Right? You clear that negative thought that says we're not doing it. Just listen up. And you'll find yourself being able to restructure your company or your life. For or sure. The governments, government do the same. If you go and you look at old laws, there was a law in California that said that if you have um, – if, if uh, they changed that recently, where if you have uh, a plaza, in that in a particular size plaza, if you have a store and that store has a, a cashier to uh, so many feet from the window, you cannot service alcohol over there for no reason. Because in the 50s, there was a reason that something happened. As soon as that cleared out, they removed that regulation. Plenty of plazas that were dead plazas suddenly had lots wow. of entertainment yeah. coming in. And lots of bars were able to open up and companies were able to prosper and they were able to actually go and start servicing alcohol. People came into the bars, then all the other stores around made sense. That's clearing. This is clearing for me. No, clearing is not just emotional. Clearing is clearing out an outdated idea. Clearing is like when you refresh your computer, right? You got to yeah. restart it. Clearing is like when you have on your iPhone notification, there's a new download. You know, it's, it's the one thing that's constant in life is change. And... If we don't evolve with the changes, which requires, of course, letting go of what was and being present with what is. And to me, it's also about giving up the need to do the same thing over and over the same way. One of the biggest problems that you see in government and you see in business and you see in your own life is the definition of insanity, which is repeating the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. If you don't clear old patterns, like what you were just saying, you can't create new. Yeah. You, be, also, not, you don't build experience doing bring the same to, thing. I also want to bring yeah. it to relationships. Like I had a friend who was obsessed with this guy and she was in love and he was the love of my life and he's like this amazing hot guy and he's a producer and I love him and blah, blah, blah. And then he broke up with her and her life was over. And she hung on to that. And every new guy that would come into her life, she'd reject. What's the problem? She never cleared that energy. That wasn't the problem when she didn't meet us. That was the... So that <laughs> she a, didn't, well, you were married at the time, so... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she, but I, I coached her, and I said, what are you gaining? What's the, what's the reward in what you're doing? She's like, I stay safe. Uh, the reward is because what we don't realize is that a lot of our negative habits, we actually have them because they bring us a false reward. In other words, we wouldn't do it if it bring us some sort of false benefit. So her 
I call it a racket. Her racket was, I don't trust men anymore. I'm pushing men away. And the false reward for that was that she got to stay safe and she Mm. got to be right and she got to be in control. However, the price tag was her dream to be with a partner was never going to happen. And so it took her clearing that energy, forgiving him. Forgiveness is one of the keys to clearing. Forgiving him, letting that negative energy go, and basically getting her power back. And within six months, a guy shows up in her life. She's open to him. They fall in love. I'm at the wedding in Casa de Campo in one of the most beautiful houses I've ever been in. Other than your house, of course, um, and I'm giving, and I'm at the at the wedding celebrating with my friend who is now marrying her soulmate, and now they have a beautiful baby boy. The boy is two years old now, and that child would not be around had she hung on to that shit. So I agree with you. Clearing and clearing has to do with emotions. Clearing has to do with patterns, but also can mean clear the shit out of your house. Right, like how how much time? Physically. Yeah, Physically. like you've got a hundred percent clutter in your house. You've your, got your a closet stuff in your house. For God forbid, you clear know? toxic relationships. How about that one? Hundred percent. But this is so. I think everybody can agree on the importance of it. But my my issue, not issue, my, my the thing that I'm trying to solve for somebody who's listening to this podcast. Are you clearing right now? now? I, I maybe I am. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clear I, it. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> is if you if you architect these false rewards in your head, how do you have the cognizance and the awareness to know what you even have to start clearing unless somebody else dissects that and understands it for you? Well, that's why coaching is so important. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Visualization. I think, I think the most. You said that visualization where you say, where do I want to be? Well, yeah, I mean, but but he's talking about when when you are you don't have a clue, like you're in a pattern and you don't see yeah. a way around it. You've we've got to be open to other people supporting us. Yeah, and yes, the the way out of any breakdown is visualization. Am I getting an A for this, by the way? You are getting A plus, <laughs> gold gold stars. But yeah, visualization. What's my vision? That's the question you want to ask yourself when you're in any breakdown. What's my vision? What's the outcome that I want to create in my life? Where do I want to be? You know, and by being connected to that, then I get to look at, okay, so what are the things in my life that I need to clear? What are the things in my life that are in the way? But I also am a big fan. And by the way, I have a coach. Like I, I, I coach coaches. I've been coaching for a long time. I invest at least $100,000 a year in coaching, seminars, training, personal development. Why? Because that investment, the return on that has me have an unlimited life. And I'm talking about unlimited financially, unlimited emotionally. Like, I am free. And why do I have... It's, it's almost like you run a company and you have a board of directors. Well, in my life, I have a board of directors. I have people that I trust that for different areas of my life, whether it's the book or TV mm-hmm. or whatever it is that I'm creating, I've got people that I trust to have another viewpoint that goes beyond myself. Because as human beings, we don't see ourselves. There's things we don't see. And so that's how I would say, and by the way, there's ways of getting coaching even for free. Listen to these podcasts like this one is one way. Read books, get educated, Google it, emotional intelligence. So what do you, what do you, choose, to, what do you choose to invest in when you know that you, at this point in your career, you could probably get access to some of the, 
the most brilliant people, brilliant minds in the world to help you with the problems that you solve. So how do you choose where to I put co- your money? I, I hire, I have coaches. I have a personal coach. Yeah. I am part of masterminds that are very expensive and that are worth the investment. I participate in other workshops. I am part of a tribe of people that we continuously challenge each other and we present in front of each other and we do our work in front of each other. I've got people that before I do anything, like even before today, like before this podcast, I called up a mentor and I said, okay, I'm I'm going on this podcast. Here's my intention. Here's my vision. What do you see? Is there anything Mm -hmm. I should add? Lewis Howes, who's now one of the the leading experts in podcasts and in, you know, in, in this whole thing around mindfulness and, you know, he calls himself a lifestyle entrepreneur before he does a TV show, before he does an interview, before he does something major, he calls me up and I coach him. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? So that's, that, and he pays for it. Like yeah. he's, you know, that that's the investment. And that's why I think it's the best, in, because the most important investment in your life is yourself. And anything you could do that's going to enhance you and bring you to a level that you can't do on your own is worth it. I, I totally see that. I, I can tell you that I, I had two main companies that I sold and, in each one of them, there was a woman by my side. Uh, one was uh, Angela that I used to work with her from the beginning. And she pretty much always gave me the woman's perspective that you just don't have as a man. Right. Then my my ex-wife, God bless her, she was pretty much my biggest coach. And she, again, gave me the perspective that I would just no matter what, I'm not wired There's no to way go and ever that. have Correct. a woman's perspective. And Especially I in your line of work. Yeah, absolutely. Beauty in a box, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And it's like, I always gravitate towards asking women what they think because I knew, and, and I had to filter the yes people because there's some that, because of your status, they'll tell you, yes, you're right. And oh, I'm surrounded by that all the time. Yeah, and but I, you, I, you I gotta to know how that. to filter that, right? Oh, and, yeah, I can and you it. And you just, no matter how many times you can ask some people, stop, just tell me for real. <laughs> but but they, they're trying to tell me, tell can, me. Yeah. But then you find the, the ones that are genuine and they'll tell, mm-hmm. ah, 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 no, 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 don't ever do you, You're going to only hear it from someone that sits on another hill with another angle at the situation and tell you, no, you don't see on your six. I'm covering your six. This is what. So it was absolutely instrumental. And I think that people that try to be arrogant, thinking they know it all. Or, are, or they say, I don't need it. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's. The biggest thing I see a lot of people that are famous or I I think that one of the things that people don't realize is becoming successful is not the hard part. It's maintaining it. It's it's once you're up there, what do you do? Because a lot of people will hit a goal or hit a status and then I'm sure you've seen this will completely sabotage it. Mm -hmm. Like how many athletes? I mean, look at look at um, Aaron Hernandez. Mm. He just signed, I don't know, $20 million or whatever the amount of money was. He already accomplished his big dream. He's engaged. She was pregnant. The house of his dreams. has the And he, went, he goes and murders somebody. And then he takes his, his own life. It's like what happens to us when we get to a point where no one can talk to us? That's the image. That's the image is, is very critical. I can tell you that your image can can help you, but can drag you down. If you're so concerned about your image, maybe you shouldn't build up your image. 
Have this you, is because you're so saying like image. So like yes. if that image gets destroyed, then that then that's all you, you have. You are if, your if image. You think that that's yeah. If you to, are your image, if yeah. you are if you are your record sales, if you are your number one movie, and then you don't have that anymore, then who are you? And that that fucks with people uh, completely. Yeah, Com- because if your self worth is tied into that. And so my self-worth isn't tied into a a result. My self-worth is tied into my values. My self-worth is tied into my gifts. My worth comes from me. I am not what I do. I am not what I have. So if my self-worth is attached to 20 million in the bank and I lose 20 million, I'm going to commit suicide or I'm going to think I'm a piece of shit. If my self-worth is tied into weighing a certain amount of, you know, certain amount i'd be devastated when i gain weight because people gain weight i'm not i don't have the same size i had when i was 40 you know i'm 57 and now for me to release weight it takes a way bigger effort than it did when i was 30 i would drop 20 pounds in in, in a month like you know not a problem but the point is who i am is not tied into what i do and a lot of people go through life showing their resume and selling people on who they are, and, and like you know, and, and you saw that at, at cons, you know, everyone's like sharing how big their assets are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, I produce six movies. Oh, really? Well, I produce ten. And you know, who's hotter and who's more famous and who's got more Oscars? And so basically, we have a world that thinks that their self worth is tied into their net worth. In other words, my net worth, meaning image, house, car, money is what gives me my self-worth. And I've been teaching for 34 years. It's the other way around. Self-worth generates net worth. Mm-hmm. Put your energy into your self-worth. Develop your self-value. Develop what's great about you. What are your gifts? What are some parts of you that you wouldn't trade for any amount of money? Like I have a great heart. I wouldn't trade that for a million bucks. I have a, you know, I'm, I care about people. I wouldn't trade that. So there's a lot of, we're, we're counting the wrong things. But if you, that's what you're saying. I love it. So if, if you understand and identify those things that are true to you, and then you double down on those, that's, yes. then you don't have to worry about the money because the money yes. will always come. Well, that's in my yeah. book. Exa- that exact point is in my book. Because in order to give, right, in the outflowing, the, the first uh, principle, which is giving, you got to know what you're working with. And so I have you make a list of, okay, so what are your 10 biggest skills? What are your 10 greatest qualities? What are your biggest accomplishments? What are you proud of? And so double down on that. Because when you think of the word self-worth, it's valuing me. What's valuable about me? I love you for you, not, I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know how much money you make. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. You know, I just knew about Beauty in the Box, but I just, I didn't know much more about you. But we connected in one moment and I felt kindness and openness and giving. And I'm like, I like this guy. I want to yeah. be a part of his life. You know, so that does more for success, I believe. And I'm, and I'm about abundance and prosperity. Don't get me wrong. Like I love you know, I love taking companies that are worth nothing into worth billions. I love taking an artist who's unknown, who's a waiter slash host slash busboy slash actor and going to the premiere of his Hollywood movie with him, seeing him now make close to a million dollars a picture. 
Like I love seeing that. But the road to success is really the road to inner discovery. And the more you discover in you and the more value you have in you, the more you can offer other people. Yeah, I think the transformation on one hand is going to be where you get experience in in your path over your business, your career, and it can actually make you forget where you come from. Right. And that is what is, that's where it's very dangerous. If you still have the social intelligence to always be charismatic and cool with anyone, no matter where you, where they are from, you can connect with them. That is going to give you that satisfaction and say, no matter what I had in my life or have or don't have anymore, it doesn't matter. I still have this. I have that ability to connect with people and I'm likable. That makes me feel that I haven't forgot where I came from. I was like that before. I'm still the same. I'm not putting my nose above, above anyone. I love that. And I, lo- and, and, and I love people like that. Like, one of the things that I talk about, not in the book, but I talk about this and with Lewis and, and I actually did a whole podcast around this, is the power of being present. Most people aren't present. Like when you meet them, like when I met you, you knew I was present. I was like, yeah. hi. Right? Like, like, I, like my eyes go right into you, yeah. you know, and same thing with you. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm yeah. with you. When I saw you outside, I'm like, hi, right? Like, because I am present because I don't want to miss any of this. Because I'm aware that there's going to be an ending. I'm aware that I live from the awareness of time is precious. And so I'm going to make the most out of the time that I have. And I find that people that are present become more successful than people that are just never there. And at the end of the day, it's like you'll have people come and go through your life that you were never present for. And so it's it's a gift to be present. When, they, when you go to events, uh, many times people would mistaken that they're – you talk to a person and they're not sure what else they're missing out on. So you can't really capture their eyeballs looking at you at the same time. And it's it's kind of like disturbing because just I'm, I'm speaking to you. Stop looking to the sides to see what you're missing <laughs> out. We're talking right now over here. I can be also rude. So it's it's important to Because <laughs> you're, you're doing, I love it. He's very direct. Yes. I yeah. love that. I love like that. Like if you want to go and look for someone else, go. I'm, I'm, I'll, come by, I'll be here when you're done. I think that's an issue that everybody suffers from now because everybody is hyper stimulated by everything and anything, right? Well, we live in TikTok world, right? Yeah. So it's like Candy Crush TikTok, you know, like like we need stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. The new rule now is it's got to be a thirty second thing because if it's more than thirty seconds, people get bored. Yeah. So we live in a permanent ADD but even culture. Then, even then, <laughs> if you actually talk about business, business, you know, if, for for business reasons, you want to have a, a a really tight three second hook. Yes. On, on the beginning of that thing, because to hook the people, you need three seconds. To get them into the 15 or the 30 second thing. You know, do you know who's Antonio Garza? I've heard that name. Do I know so that Antonio, name? he, she started, he started, he started, uh, or she started uh, doing transformation videos. Um, and not just trans- transformation videos, but what you'll see is zoom in, out, in, out, in, out, moving to the side, just in a psychotic way, because the stimulation goes to the little kids that they're, they're they need to be extremely stimulated. So <laughs> in order for them to stick around, it's not about, hey, let's cut the video every three seconds and put the position the head a little bit here and there just to stimulate the person. Over here, it's every point three seconds. Ta, 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 in, out, in, out. In. And that that got Antonio Garza, I think, right away about one one or two million followers right away on Ab- YouTube. Of course. Which is wow. hard. Right. That was, that was in 2018. Wow. Or 2017. And that was on uh, YouTube. YouTube. Oh, YouTube. YouTube. Oh, that's YouTube. Much harder. 
It was already, because it's all supply and demand, right? If yeah. you have so many creators already on YouTube, it's very hard to go so, all of a sudden to an existing platform, but you come in with a completely new species, kind of like a, an APAC predator strategy that just take all the, all the 12-year-olds uh, from, from your, <laughs> just <laughs> messes up their, their uh, attention span. They're never going to watch your video, and that's yeah, what... That, 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 transcends, that transcends day-to-day conversation, right? So, I mean, that's the issue that everybody has. How do you stay present when you come from a TikTok world and you always want to check your phone and you're always on? Actually, it's funny because I think one of the guests that we had on this show, we did it for like two hours. We had a two-hour show, and they said, wow, that's the longest I, I remember not checking my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a two-hour. Two-hour, yeah. Well, that's yeah. the unfortunate thing about the world we live in. It's so fast-paced that people have so many ways to avoid connection. And there's a whole generation that doesn't know how to talk to each other, that doesn't know how to communicate. Like I have nieces and nephews and you know friends of theirs that all they do is text. They don't talk. Like they get if you call them, they get offended. It's like you've got to text them because they yeah, don't want to talk. It's very invasion of privacy. But but when you yes. call, like, what are you doing? Just text me. I'm doing something. I'm playing a video game. How would dare you? It's 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 one of those things that uh, you have children, right? Yes, I do. How old are they? Uh, eight and twelve. Oh wow! A boy and a girl. That's awesome. Yeah, not yet for me. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No. no. Now that you're aware of, right? No, 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 no. That you're aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's what I wanted to go and talk over here, actually, and uh, when we look at the phone, by the way, it's not because we're being rude. This is where we put our. I notes. know you're talking about. You, you made me feel guilty. Yeah. Like people do not. Yeah, he, this is our. He's texting while we talk. We're not texting. I'm. Notes. I'm on airplane mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is. Have you noticed? I haven't looked at my phone once. Yes. I'm giving you two points. Yeah. Again, I keep two making points. points. Yeah. yeah. Two yeah, non-transferable good. points. Okay. So, <laughs> I want to ask you about. I mean, I understand everything. I want to hear more about sourcing. Well, sourcing is is attracting. Okay. We, we attract into our lives what's there. A lot of people complain about what's in their life. They complain about the relationships. They complain about their bodies. They complain about the, you know, the jobs, the opportunities. And they, they, co- they come up with a story, a victim story, that the condition or the circumstances, the reason why they're not happy or the reason why they can't get a job is the economy or the pandemic. And so when you are a victim what you're doing is you're killing your ability to attract what you want to attract mm. and you attract things that line up with that conversation. So if I think everyone's a dirtbag, all I'm going to see is dirtbags everywhere. If I think that... Biz- why, why is that? So I want to understand that because I also want to understand it from the law of attraction perspective because without when you don't go deep into this concept, it just becomes confusing for people that don't already buy into it. If you say, I'm just going to think about dirt bags and all I'm going to attract into my life is dirt bags. That's a confusing concept for people to grasp because they're obviously subconsciously still looking for good people. So why if they just assume there's only dirt bags, would they just attract dirt bags? Because that's all they could see. In other words, have you ever gotten glasses or a cast and all of a sudden you notice everyone with a cast? Mm-hmm. Or you notice everyone who had glasses, like something that you never noticed before. Or you got a Tesla or you got a car or a certain color car and you start noticing that. Your brain is hardwired to focus and zero in on whatever attention you give it. And so if I say don't think of a pink elephant, the first thing that comes to mind is a pink elephant. And so if if in my mind my programming is that people can't be trusted – I could be in a room with a thousand honorable men 
but I won't see it because I'm going to look for whatever thing that looks like what I'm thinking about. And so the minute someone, you know, does something, I'll go, see, I knew it. That's the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like me thinking, and, and I don't want to be, I don't want to sound, you know, um, limiting towards any sex, but like a lot of men believe that women can't drive, right? It's a limiting belief. And could you imagine being a woman who's a good driver and you're a man who thinks women can't drive and I'm next to them? And I'm like, watch out, watch this, watch that, you know, and then, you know, the backseat drivers. Yeah. Well, your energy puts that person so nervous that even if you're the best driver in the world, you're going to drive like shit because you feel self-conscious. So as human beings, our beliefs become the filters that we see life through. And so if the only options I see are the ones that I see in front of me, then I'm not going to see beyond that. And so what I think about, the energy that I am is the energy that I attract. And so that's that's a little bit around in terms of sourcing. You can, if you have a mindset of the opposite, people are beautiful, people can be trusted, people are amazing. You could surround yourself with people that maybe don't have that. Maybe they're not trustworthy. But you'll find, like Mother Teresa, you will find goodness in everybody. Is it also that you hire people like you subconsciously and then sourcing is not don't stick to you, get people that can complete you? That you what? So if you, if you look at many companies and you look at teams, you'll find out that based on the team, many times, not, not all the time, but you'll find that there is a certain homo- homogeneous part in, in certain teams, right? So if, if it's, for example, uh, uh, a Latino manager, he'll hire a lot of Latinos or, or so on. People like-minded. I'm from Stanford. I'll hire a bunch of Stanford. Right, because right? you're creating, you are the source of the, sourcing is also a culture. Like, what's the culture you're creating? Have you noticed that the owners of companies create a certain culture and they hire based on that based on what they're looking for. But this is why I'm going against because I think that you're limiting yourself. If I come from a particular area, let's just say the suburbs, I want to know, I want to bring some city people. I want to bring people with the different backgrounds so they can complete the vision that we might be missing over here and we can be a little bit better. So we can all create our own culture within, but we need to be in different backgrounds because then we'll be with now without any blind spots. But that in itself is a culture. But I also I no, it is a culture, I, but yeah, but that, I'm saying more, if you if you want to go and diverse yourself and be a little bit better, so you have to right. But yeah. that that in itself is, for example, there are companies that do that because they want to bring diversity. They want to mm-hmm. bring it, sourcing is not or attracting isn't just about attracting only what you what you want or how you want it. It's attracting based on what your vision is. Mm-hmm. So my vision is to create a company that is multicultural. And has a lot, like what you've done, you have brought in a woman's point of view because you have your way of saying it and you have a woman who is providing an angle that you're not wired for. That's what you attracted based on your vision to provide the best product. Makes sense. But one one more point on that. I think it's also important that when you look at the world a certain way, so say you look at the world in a way that people are good and people can be trusted, that's sort of like your high-level lens at which you look through yes at the world but i mean it within that lens you still have people of different temperaments talents convictions that you'll bring into your organization so 
I think it's still important that when you do go out and you do want to attract things into your life, you want to look for people to work with, you have these these non-negotiable values that you bring into that discussion. Absolutely. But then once, but so that's like the the work you have to do on yourself first. Mm -hmm. You have to understand how you want to build a business, the ethics, the morals. Well, there's there's two things. There's there's what you're attracting, and then there's within that, there are your boundaries. Correct. Yeah. And your boundaries need to be clear. Because if you're just attracting, let's say you don't have a clear boundary, you'll attract all the people and including people that will violate those boundaries. So you have to be very clear on what's non-negotiable, what those boundaries are. But sourcing is really about attracting. It's about we attract to our lot. And let's take it to science. Energy attracts energy. Like like energy attracts like energy. Correct, yes. So it's, you know, it's, that's the, the source of what sourcing is. And so a lot of people complain, right, about what's in their lives as if they have nothing to do with it. And so my point of view, and it's just a point of view, is it, is it, is it guaranteed, will it always work? No. These are all points of views that I find that when you live in these point of views, more times than not, it will bring you the result that you mm-hmm. want. Because you could question every single principle, go, well, that's not always true. I agree. What I'm sharing is not the light, the truth, and the way. I'm just sharing these are platforms that I see that will benefit you. And the platform of sourcing comes from responsibility. I am also responsible for what I attract in my life. And so if I am committed to honest, loving people, and I Mm -hmm. open that up, and I've got to be honest and loving. If I'm negative and, and, and someone who pushes people away, then honest people don't want to be around that. And loving people want to be around that. Why are we together? We attracted each other. Yeah. If I was if I was different than I am, I wouldn't be here. And so when you when you when you apply sourcing into your life, what you're doing is you're clarifying what's the environment that I want to have. And so I get to kind of like what the Gandhi quote: "Be the change I wish to see." Does it mean that it's always going to work? No. Sometimes people get in that. No, but you got to get these. You got to get these these pillars as part of your life set first. Of course. So then all the derivatives of the energy that you put into the world is 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 at least as much in line with these pillars as it can be. Yeah, like I'm unconditionally loving, and I, and I believe, and I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I'm like baseball: three strikes and you're out. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Know, fail yeah, me once, sense. shame on you. Fail me twice, shame on you. Fail me three times, shame on me. Yeah. Because I'm maintaining the environment I want to create. And I'm responsible. I'm the custodian. You're the custodian of what happens in your business, your relationships, and your life. Interesting. That's good. So when you, going back to um, kind of like a vision, when you look at the company and we spoke about the negative. Now, when you look at a young entrepreneurs, and I think it's good for any investor to hear this, if you had to look at a company that just started, you see positivity where you see that person has the attributes to actually succeed. What would be the first thing that if I'm as an investor want to look at the company, I want to ask myself about the entrepreneur and try to kind of like pinpoint on his personality to say, okay, that is a person that can make it. Outside of skill sets and everything else, personality-wise, what would you say that you see certain people that you can say, okay, I can tell this person's going to make it. You, you're talking about liabilities and assets. What right. are those assets that we need to search for? Well, when you're talking about when I hire somebody, when I br- no, when I bring you in, coach you coach companies from startup stage that grew. 
Tell me about kind of like a commonality on those that made it. What was those assets that their founders had? Got it. So what are the what what are the assets? What are the criteria? Strength, strengths the that strengths you saw that they, that in their have. personalities that they knew and you said, okay, I can tell. Well, I think I think I think one of them is a growth mindset. Having a growth mindset, having a mindset of being open to possibilities, being open to change, being able to go beyond the way things have always been. One of the things that I saw with Outstanding Foods was that the people involved have a growth mindset. And the reason why they were successful is because the first product they put out didn't work because mm -hmm. the mushroom was too expensive and the pandemic. They put out a, a vegan bacon chip. And it sold well, but it, was, it got to a point where it was just too expensive to make and to scale up. Mm -hmm. And so what I believe was one of the key assets of that company was we need to come up with another product. We need to do it at a certain amount of time. And the people involved, instead of looking at the evidence of what's been done in the past and how long it's taken, because normally it takes two years to get a product out. Mm. And if they'd have the fixed limited mindset of what's well, never been done before, so we can't do it and they pumped the brakes on the vision, the company would have folded. But since everyone involved in the, in the decision was so open and so like, all right, we've never done it, but let's, let's go for it. And let's, you know, let's... Um, so what you see over here make, is... Let's make it happen. Within six months, they came up with the outstanding puffs. So you're saying you're, saying you're seeing uh, an entrepreneur founder that was really searching for good product market fit. He did not compromise on the on the fit. It just economically didn't make sense. Yes, it hit the mark, but not economically. And he said, okay, I am not going to go and bury myself because I'm married to a process of two years that I had to put out there. I'm going to focus on results. And I'm willing to be uncomfortable again and try something that wasn't done before. Yeah, so I'm willing to risk. I'm willing to trust. Yes. I'm willing to be outrageous. I'm willing to go... I'm willing to create what's never been created before. Interesting. And I, and I think that for an entrepreneur to, to have that mindset of let's create what's never been created before and let's trust our resources. Of course, you had to have a, a, a solid foundation of people with talent. Yes. And the guy that created this, is, his name is Dave Anderson. He created Beyond Meat. He's one of the creators of Beyond Meat. Wow. And, you know, which is the... You know, you see that everywhere. Of course, yeah. yeah. And so he was like, "Okay, it's ta normally takes two years, but let's let's make this happen." And he made it happen, yeah. and the and the product has been a success. And since then, they came out with the cheese puffs, uh, the cheese balls. You know, the, the which is like little you know Cheetos, and they're coming out with cookies, and they're coming out with all these products. But the whole mindset within that company is a growth mindset, and it's a mindset of willing to risk. You know, now educated risk, not stupid, you know, ir irresponsible risk. But it starts with the willingness. It starts with the trust in myself. So trusting myself, willing to risk, being open to other possibilities. I think that those are ingredients that are necessary for not just companies to be successful, but for people to be successful. Yeah, focusing on a process can be extremely dangerous. If you focus on a process and not the results, you can take yourself into a very long path where at the end 
you could have just looked back every time on the, on the rear view mirror and you can say it's not going to work. There is a case study I used to give in Baxicham about Motorola where they launched uh, a satellite. Uh, they decided to uh, change the satellite phone, which had at the time, early 90s, a slight delay when you would speak to someone. So one of their engineers said, well, we can actually change that. We're going to go and launch 53 new satellites into orbit, just a different uh, path, a little bit closer to Earth, different frequency, no delay. It took them 10 years and $10 billion. 10 years later, the necessity for satellite phone crushed why? Wow. Because there were antennas everywhere, right? Who built those antennas? Motorola. They could have stopped at any time, right? But they were focused on the process. It took them six months to bankrupt that particular organization and lose $10 billion. And they were looking for buyers for that technology, and they called it Ready, Shoot, Aim. Mm. And it was because they were focused on the process and not the results. And no one dared to go and say, guys, the demand for satellite phones fall off a cliff. The only one uses this now. It's people on the ocean, military. There is no more demand for that. We should cut it short. And that's where uh, you focus on, if you focus on the process, if you focus on results, and you understand why you're doing this right, you have to let the company know, do not get discouraged if we stop you in the middle of a, a year and a half process if we think it's not going to be a product market fit. It's part of us succeeding. We rather fail during the development versus after the execution. Right. It's the intention. So it's, intention. The, it's, it's focusing on the intention versus the how. And I think that that, that is an incredible tool. The, another ingredient is people that are intentional. A lot of people, like you said, they get caught up in the process and the how we're going to do this and let's research and let's investigate and, you know, the, and they stay caught up in the mechanism and a lot of people believe that once you have the mechanism set up in the right way, that's going to guarantee success. But I know people that have could spend years and millions of dollars on mechanism, and then mm -hmm. it's too late because the time is up. So intention is being committed to the outcome, being committed to the result, whether you know how or not. And I, I actually think, think that's where experience can be a detriment to your success. Oops. Yes. As well. Absolutely. Well, that was the pushback with Outstanding Foods. I mean, in the beginning, you know, Dave was like, there's no way we can do this. I mean, it's yeah. just like I, I'm an expert. And then we kept saying, yeah, I hear you. And what if? Versus, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah but, it, but it's, it can't. I'm like, what if? And so being in the what if, and I don't know, you could call it esoteric or woo-woo or whatever. And once you do it one time in six months, you created a new standard. Yeah. You said, okay, guys, we've done this before. We know what we're capable. Can we push that boundary? We know we pushed already one time. We can get, and this way, you're no longer bound by those rules because you clear those. This is clearing. Well, you clear, so you clear yeah. the expectation and you clear the way it's, it's always been done. It's like, my favorite thing is, well, it's been done this way unless it, ha unless it's not, or it needs to be done this way unless it doesn't. Yeah. In other words, like, in other words, I think that we're the ones who place the rules on things mm. based on our comfort zones, you know? And so that's why I said risking intentional being committed to the, to the outcome. And that creates an, and I also believe I was, I was making the point that it may be woo woo or strange or esoteric, but I believe that when you commit to something that's impossible, the universe conspires. Like I just think that, that all of a sudden what you didn't see before you see now, and I saw that happen with this product that was launched in six months versus two years. 
the minute he committed to it, I'm serious. The minute he went, all right, that's it. I have no clue how this product's going to come out. I have no clue how we're going to do it, but I know we're going to do it. All of a sudden, green light, green light, green light, green light, green light, green light, red, 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 red. Okay, we got this. Green light, green light, green light until the product came out. And that's the outstanding puffs. You see it at Whole Foods. You see it all over places. And it's a very successful plant-based snack. No, I want to try this. <laughs> I definitely want to do that. I, I honestly think it's because when you have energy towards something, I don't think it's esoteric or woo-woo or anything. When I you, don't think so. When you yeah. have energy and focus on something, things start to you start to understand alternative options, alternative solutions that if you're so negative, you won't even start to be creatively trying to address solutions and pro- trying to creatively address problems. So well, so th- it's like so the guy who's er- who gets lost and won't look at a map. 100%. And then 100%. he's like, he's like, well, this is the only way. It's the it's the path I've always been on. And then someone goes, well, look at Google Maps. Google Maps says you could go this way, that way, that way. We'll get there sooner. Yeah, you know. And so it's it's being open to other possibilities, being open to other avenues. Sometimes you know, you just tell yourself the worst thing that can happen, it won't work. The worst that can happen yeah, if yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. do it, I know that doesn't work already. We established that we have to change, and that's the only way. So let's go and. I just think that words matter and words are vehicles of energy. And so when you say things like, well, I'll try and I hope and yes. I wish and I want and let's see, what you're doing is you're creating a back door for it not to happen versus I will, I did, I'm done, I'm committed, this will be done. That ener- And that also has to do with sourcing. That energy creates collective energy and that's synergy. And of course, collectively we see other options other possibilities how many impossible things have, have been created in, in life i mean all out of the belief that it can be done if you expect to be a unicorn and do only things that were done before then it's a, you're not going to be going to work yeah. and if the only tool you have in life is a hammer everything looks like a nail Mm. <laughs> that's good. Some good analogies. That's that good. is good. Get me going. Yeah. Let me take another sip of this red wine. Two two more points. Two more points. Yes. I think that uh the, it starts with the first request when you ask someone, how would you able to do it instead of can you do it? Right. right. The approach to begin with. You know a question that I like to ask a lot, and I think it's a great question, even when things are going wrong? How much better can this be? Mm. Because the answer to that is always positive. How much better can this be? Or how much better can this get? So like I'm losing, you know, my business is going down. Okay, how much better can this be? It's going well. How much better can this be? You know, you're putting out this energy forward that that is forward move. You're falling forward. And this is this is something when when you your last rule is uh, surround yourself with inspiring people. So look, this is the thing. When you with surround when when you're with people that are doing better than you or something completely different that can give you better perspective that is where it's the easiest way to crack that ceiling that you don't think big enough which is a challenge it is very hard to think big than what you already think but once you see that with a person you know that you have humanized that person it looks something that is humanly possible to achieve it happened to me in Cannes. I go to Cannes, and it's the first time, and I and I went with a red carpet. Like, I got paid to go, mm-hmm. which is great, right? Nice. I got paid to go. I got flown first class. I stayed in the most beautiful hotel. You know, I, everything was a red carpet for me, and people paid to listen to me. But while I was out there, 
I went with a mission of what more can I be? Who more can I be? What What's a bigger possibility? And I started talking to people. You know, I, I, I spent time with my Musk, Maya Musk, who's Elon Musk's mother. Oh, yeah. Nice. And we, we just gravitated. So she's a stunning woman. And she's talking about just things that are so out of my reality, you know, about having a home here and traveling here and doing this and impacting people this way and raising half a billion dollars for a certain charity. And, and I'm thinking, wow, I never thought in those numbers. But now I'm thinking in those numbers. Now I'm thinking mm -hmm. like, yeah, I want to get a house in the south of France. Why not? You know, when Oprah was asked, why do you have 20 houses? She goes, because I can. Exactly. Yes. You know, and so, and so the, to, to, to your point, when you, when you surround yourself with people that challenge you and that, are, that you don't necessarily need to be the smartest person in the room. Some people don't like being the person who, who knows the least. And I think that's important, who you surround yourself. There's a saying in Spanish, and it says, tell me who you hang out with, and I'll tell you who you are. Dime con quien andas y te diré quién eres. So the people that surround you says a lot about you. And, and uh, I think when you talk about clearing, this is part of that. When you have evolution in life and you, say, you said, well, look, I have people that I, I love them, but this is not the ones that I want to spend most of my day with. It's not enough to just have successful friends if you want to be successful financially it's also how much time are you actually spending with them right if if you decide to go and really move forward then you have to start decide spend more time with who yeah, you're gonna I mean, you have to you have to, cut, you you have, have to you decide to cut people out of your life it is it yeah it's politically wrong to say this today but it's i don't call it cut people out that i mean i what i call it is Making a choice of where I'm investing my energy. So yes. I, don't, I don't look at it like I'm cutting you not out. Completely. I'm just making a decision that I'm not going to put my energy towards you. And so I've got, I, 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 I say that there's my inner circle, people that are daily and people that are people that are part of my direct communication. Yeah. And there's people that are on the outer circle that from time to time I'll check in on and we might go out for lunch. And then there's people that are friendly acquaintances and there's people who I don't want near me. <laughs> you want, but, but on the day to day, you want people that influence you in the right direction. Oh, only, only, only. Yeah. I talk about toxic relationships and, and how a lot of times the, the toxic relationships is really something that you're doing. In other words, you're, it's your own selfishness that keeps that relationship. There's a there's a payoff, or else you wouldn't have it. You know, and the payoff might be familiarity, or they're my family, or they, you know, I owe them something, or whatever. But I think that the the, the biggest detriment in relationships is when you've got the wrong people around you. So you sit down with CEOs and you tell them, look, um, specifically those people that I see you hanging with, I would recommend you spend less time with them. Do you actually go there, or you just? High level. I don't. I don't tell anybody anything. I ask them. Okay. So I don't go. You need to. You know, I don't. I don't do that. I go. So tell me, what's your vision? What's the environment you want to be? You want to have around you? So talk to me about the people that are in your life. Let's go for through each one. Mm -hmm. What does this person add to your life? And then they'll go nothing. 
<laughs> okay, so mm, suppose so more powerful what this do you way. Need, what do you need to do with that person? Do you want to continue to invest time in them? You know what? I really don't. Okay, so what action can you take? And then they'll tell me the action. Okay, let's go through the next one. What's the reason you uh, do it through a question and not directly telling them that? Because people tend to apply what they come up with on their own versus what I tell them. Mm -hmm. So when I coach people, I coach people from an open-ended question type of coaching versus an instruction. Unless they say, give me this instruction. Like someone like could say, hey, give me 10 tips to da-da-da. Okay, I'll give you the 10 tips. But when it's like the when it has to do with like a daily ongoing thing, I like to ask the questions. Interesting. And I find that in my trainings that people have bigger breakthroughs when they discover it on their own than if I go, "Oh, you were late," and that's unacceptable. I'll th I'll say, "Okay, you were late. What do you think about that?" Mm -hmm. So I could say, "You were late. That's unacceptable." But you have an employee that's late, and you go, "Hey, you were late today. Is that your vision?" You know, what, what you're doing, it's actually good because um, I don't know if you've read the Chris Voss book. Uh, he explained how it's much easier to have someone say no versus say yes. Mm -hmm. So if you go to someone and you tell them you need to cut that person off your life, it's very hard for him to go and tell, okay, yes. It's easier if he, if you ask him a point, would that sound crazy? Would, would, would the way you're doing this is actually great because you said, well, is that something you're looking for? No. Okay. You came up with the conclusion. You really right. would go into a person, and if you need to ask them directly and say, I need your help, said, would you be mad if yeah, I ask I'm you for help? Them, I'm leading them yes. to a no, clearly. Yes, yes. And, so it, and, it, and, it, and it makes it easier for them to make a decision. Yeah. And I knew that without reading the book. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like I said, you're a special person. So. <laughs> but I love it. I love reading books. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking at stuff. But I just think that at the end of the day, people need to honor themselves. And when I say, when I make a decision not to invest time in someone who's toxic, I'm honoring myself. I'm taking care of me. Mm -hmm. Because by allowing someone who's toxic in my life to be there, they're just draining me. And it's exhausting. You know, and some people are in marriages that are toxic and friendships that are toxic and family members. It's okay to divorce your mom, divorce your dad. I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying don't give them the importance or the, the the significance in your daily routine that you're giving them. Some people have to call their mom every single day and they're depressed after they talk to their mom. I'm like, well, you don't have to call her. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be selfish when you say I love you, you start with the word I because you have to love yourself. Absolutely. One of the, my next book, by the way, is and I'll come back and talk about that. Am I getting a point, <laughs> by the way, back? Or something? You, you got a point. You got a Thank yeah, you yes. so much. Yes. I just gave you a couple points. Thank you so much. Yeah. So my next book is um, it's called Put Your Oxygen Mask On First. Ah. 30 years from, thir uh, 30 lessons, sorry, 30 lessons from 30 years of flying. Mm -hmm. And basically I've taken my experience on airplanes, which has been my life, right? Living on an airplane and uh, extracting 30 powerful transformational lessons interesting and the first one obviously is put your oxygen mask on first yep. we tend to sacrifice for others we tend to violate our boundaries we tend to say yes to other people about what they want we tend to put other people first and so you can't pour from an empty cup so back to your point you got to love yourself first yes yeah if you can't love yourself you can't love others no you don't know what love is 
You can't pour from an empty space, an empty yeah. container. I, I wanted to ask something, um, but I didn't want to divert from this sort of the thought that we had over here. But you work, because this is going to be in the same vein, but slightly different. So you work with some of the most incredible, high-performing people in the world. I do. And I want to I want you to give advice to the listeners, some lessons or some personality traits that you see in those individuals that have accomplished and are operating at the peak of their game that you see somebody should maybe think about or try and optimize for in their own life. Well, I have even better news than that. Okay. I'm going to up it. Okay, let's go. All right, we're (laughs) going to go further. I think that your personality trait as it is, is enough. If you bring forth the positive aspects of your personality trait and adopt some of the positive aspects of other personality traits. And in order and in order for you to be able to do that, you got to identify that. So there's there's been lots of studies on personalities. I love that you're asking this. There's gonna there's gonna be a bit. Is that okay? I, no, I love it. Go into it. Go, go into deep because I always love okay. figuring out the, the lessons that transcend yeah, yeah, yeah. athletes and and no, this performers is, this is and everywhere. business and CEOs. So there yeah. so there's been lots of studies. It comes from Greece. It comes from mythology. It's it, there's different manifestations of it. It's called different things, but basically it's called the personality matrix, and the personality matrix. Uh, identifies four styles of personalities that are generalized. And these are leadership, effectiveness styles. Everybody has their own style based on whatever the background is. And there are pluses and minuses to each style. And no style is better than the other. Hmm. Every style has value and every style has detriment. The key to success is mastering the positive of every style, including your own, and breaking through your own detriment. So the first style of personality that you would think is the prototype of success is the controller. The controller is the confident leader, the one who takes charge, the one who initiates, the one who makes happen, the one who uh, will, will walk on fire to get anything done. And so that personality style, the strength of that style is that they have confidence, they have a vision, they have a goal, and they are Mm results-driven. The deprement is that they don't ask for support, they don't listen, they sometimes aren't coachable, they want to be right all the time, Uh, they have a hard time expressing how they feel. They have a hard time connecting to people. The opposite style of that is the supporter. The supporter is loving and kind and they come from the heart and they're vulnerable and they put everybody first and they are the mediators and we are the world, we are the children, you know, they're <laughs> just peace and love. The detriment, the detriment of that style is they're lacking what the controller has, which is they lack decision, they lack power, they lack putting themselves first, they lack initiative, They let fear drive them. Then there's the analytical style. This is the person who is overly thinking. They're analytical. They're structured. They love flow charts. They love or, you know, math and numbers and they're introverted. And the gift of that is that they're rigorous and disciplined and detail oriented. Then there's the dreamer. the promoter, the the outrageous one, the one who is the life of the party, who is energized, who has passion, 
who has million ideas, like jack of all trades, master of none. You know, they're the ones who, they're great politicians. They'll promise, 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 and then they blow everybody off. Mm. And that's the promoter. The good news about them is that they have energy and passion. The bad news is they lack the rigor of the analyzer. Mm-hmm. And so what's the best personality type to be successful? The one who has all of it. The one who has the passion, right, to inspire vision, mm-hmm. but the follow-through and the rigor and the discipline to get things done and to keep their integrity and their word. And the person who is powerful, who's not afraid of anything, but if they're afraid, they're courageous, they were willing to walk through water and to walk through glass to get things done. And also the person who's loving and kind and, and vulnerable, and, and it's a combination of that. As human beings, we tend to be in one of the four quadrants. And so there's like a home base. It doesn't mean that you're not that you don't have one and a little bit of the other, right? You could, like, for example, you could be a controller, but also a promoter. So you're a controlling promoter or a promoting controller. Or you could be a supporting promoter, right? A promoter who's also very sweet and puts everybody first. Or you could be a analyzing controller, right? Which I think that's what you are. So analyzing controller is someone who likes to be in control, but Mm -hmm. also thinks things through, right? And so there's also the control uh there's the promote controlling analyzer okay that's the person who leads with control but then they back it up with analyst at being analytical so what's the best personality type all of them i just think that it's a question of identifying within your personality type what are your liabilities working through those liabilities and what are some other ways of being that i could adapt because to me we are not fixed as human beings. It's not like, well, that's just the way I am. That's, that's, that's an outdated, limited mindset. I think that we can be who we choose to be. We could reinvent ourselves. And the best employee or the best entrepreneur... And you've seen that happening, right? Over and over and over again. Yes. The most powerful entrepreneur, the most powerful business leader is the one who's willing to reinvent themselves based on their vision, based on what is wanted and needed. And so it's about accessing all of it. And I'll give you the link to, so that you could post it. And yeah, yeah. the link that goes right to the study, there's a test they could take to see which personality type they are. And there's a history to it. But it's an incredible thing. It's a great tool. Because, you know, people go, oh, no wonder why I have a hard time connecting to people. I'm a controller. Or no, or no wonder why I have a hard time expressing my feelings. I'm analytical. I'm like a robot. You know, or no wonder why I put everybody first. I'm, more, I'm a supporter. Or no wonder why I just I get bored easily and I have permanent ADD. I'm a promoter. I need to be inspired all, this, all, all the time. Place, you know? yeah. But ideally, a, a leader, a, a transformational leader is someone who, for example, my case, I have been a promoter from hell my whole life. Like since, you know, promoter. Like I want fun and it's got to feel good. The minute it doesn't feel good, it's not fun, I'm out. The minute it's not entertaining, I'm bored. That's why I got kicked out of school. I got you know, in trouble all the time because I was bored. And so being a promoter, I had all these ideas and I would follow through on none of them. Mm. And so through the trainings, I learned to develop the analytical part, the one who is looking at the fine print. So it's good because once you learn those, you can actually identify some of the people that work with you. you Absolutely. So if I have a a supporter as an employee and I'm a controller, I'm going to shut her down every time I push her. So I need to be soft with her. And I go, listen, you know, I, I appreciate you. 
And you know, there's a whole. I do a whole workshop. I'm around sure there's this. like different ways to to manage each. Oh my personality God. type and whatnot. Each personality type requires different questions, different ways to interact with them, and it's good in sales. Like if you're in sales and you're and you're like like a, a promoter and you're trying to sell to an analyzer, and you don't have all the details, you're screwed because a, mm. a, an analyzer needs the, the facts or they're not. So how did you call? So so people that are listening to this. You're not going to see our our interactions. If you're watching, you can see how we like chat. But how did you clock what personality type I am? Because if you were in a sales situation, that'd be a highly valuable skill. You sit down with somebody, you can. Yeah, see. I mean, because just based on the different things that I that I see that a controller and an analyzer, based on your questions, mm -hmm. based on your demeanor, based on your on on how I see you mostly interact. So I see you more on the controlling, like you like to produce results, you like to yeah. create outcomes. You like to strategize. You ask, you know, like very detailed questions. And he asks, you know, and you're more of a promoter controller, which you're, you have, you ask more general questions. And you, you have a lot, you have more passion, you know, more energy. And you laugh more. And, but at the same time, you're very driven about results. So, you know, and I probably see you more of a supporter. You know, you're a supporter. You're a caretaker. You know, I'm talking. We need a, a camera on Valentina. <laughs> we need a camera. We need a camera yeah. on Valentina. You're a so when we need a yes. caretaker, you are you you support. You love that, and that's your strength. By the way, those we're talking about superpowers. Yeah. But every superpower has a, de a, a liability that mm -hmm. you need to work on. Speaking up, you need to work on saying no. You need to work <laughs> on creating balance. I'm not coaching everybody here. Yeah. And you know you got to bring forth more of your energy. Don't listen to the say no passion. part. Uh, <laughs> Just don't say no to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you got me on overtime over here. No, this is good, great. You're good, you're good. <laughs> oh, you get points, so it's all good. That's all great. right. Um, anything else that that we want to go into? Any last words for the audience before before we close up? Obviously, well, most important. Where do people reach out and connect with you? Uh, mostly on Instagram, Chris okay. Lee Motivator, and you could purchase my book on Amazon, which is Transform Your Life, 10 Principles of Abundance and Prosperity. And also check out my workshops through my Instagram. You'll see okay. the different links to the workshop companies I work with. And also check me out on the School of Greatness, awesome. the, the podcast. I'm, I'm in Amazing. over 25 uh, episodes. There's a Summit of Greatness coming out, which is going to have a lot of the biggest thought leaders and on a stage. And I'm offering a workshop in that summit, a two-hour relationship workshop. So that's like an add-on to the summit, which is great. And uh, my final thing I would say is transform your fear into faith. I think at the end of the day, we could operate from fear or operate from faith. And fear is the, you know, the Steven Spielberg screenplay of doom and gloom and how everything sucks and it's going to, you know, end up in a bad way. And faith is the knowing that everything's going to work out and having that mindset. Because when you transform fear into faith, you're able to take control of your energy. And it all, obviously to do that, you have to trust the process that you're in. So if you're going through a health challenge, trust the process. You're going through a financial challenge, trust the process. You're going through a relationship challenge, trust the process. Know that if you have the right mindset and surround yourself with the right people, that you're going to be able to get to, the, to where you want to be. I have faith in people, always do. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it, man. Thank you. Please, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This has been fun. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you guys.